This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 310 for Thursday, January 26th, 2023. And in today's episode, I'm talking a bit about the latest lens from Sony and what in the world were they thinking? So many of you may not be aware yet, but Sony recently released a new E-mount lens for their full-frame mirrorless bodies called the Sony FE 20-70mm F4G. Now, this segment here is coming straight from Matt uh, Cotton from B&H Photo. He says, a groundbreaking standard zoom lens for everyday use. The ultra-wide Sony FE 20-70mm uh, F4G spans a popular and versatile range of focal lengths in a compact and lightweight form. Designed to accommodate new trends and shooting styles popular among bloggers and content creators, this ultra-wide to portrait-length zoom provides excellent edge-to-edge -edge sharpness and outstanding image quality for all your imaging needs. Offering an expansive field of view to suit selfie, landscape, cityscape, and other wide-angle applications, this lens also offers fast, precise, and quiet autofocus performance, as well as an excellent close-up performance at all focal lengths. Now, from Sony themselves, G-Lens Image Quality. Designed for demanding visual creators, this ultra-wide zoom offers no compromises regarding the image quality, autofocus performance, or movie-making functionality. Engineered for use with full-frame Sony E-mount mirrorless cameras, the lens constant f4 maximum aperture maintains consistent illumination throughout the entire zoom range features a combination of three ed elements two aa elements and one ed spherical element and one standard spherical element to effectively eliminate chromatic and spherical aberrations while also rendering excellent edge-to-edge -edge sharpness and color fidelity fidelity i'm sorry rounded nine blade aperture provides deep soft bokeh Enhanced autofocus and video capabilities, offering an enhanced set uh, feature set for both still photography and videography, the Sony FE 20-70 F4G lens delivers fast autofocusing performance, improved tracking, and a series of attributes specifically designed for videographers. Two XD or extreme dynamic linear motors provide smooth, silent, and precise autofocus performance as well as an improved tracking performance for photos and videos. Internal focusing system maintains the overall length of the lens and does not rotate the lens barrel while focusing, enhancing the use of circular polarizers and variable ND filters. Updated optical design effectively eliminates focus breathing, focus shift, and axle shift to prevent unwanted movements and angle of view variations during movie recording. The aperture ring with an on-off click switch and iris lock switch prevents the aperture ring from being accidentally moved between the F4 and F22 settings. Optimized for filming, the lens supports active mode image stabilization and micro-step aperture control for smooth and seamless video capture. 
Two programmable focus hold buttons and a focus mode switch for intuitive focus control. Minimum focusing distance of 9.8 inches with excellent close-up performance at all focal lengths. For handling and design, the lens is compact and lightweight. This highly versatile ultra-wide standard zoom offers a unique and expansive field of view for everyday shooting. Hybrid construction uses both metal and plastic components to maximize both durability and a low-weight design. Flooring coating on the front lens elements repel water, dust, fingerprints, and other contaminants while also making it easier to clean the front of this lens. Dust and moisture-resistant design includes a rubber ring to seal the lens mount for working in inclement weather conditions. Now for the actual specs of the lens. Focal length, 20 to 70 millimeters. Maximum aperture, f4. Minimum of f22. Lens mount is the Sony E-mount, of course. Lens format coverage is full frame. Angle of view is 94 degrees. Minimum focus distance is 9.8 inches or 25 centimeters. Maximum magnification is 0.39x. Optical design is 16 elements in 13 groups. Diaphragm blades, 9 for a rounded design. Focus type is autofocus. Image stabilization, no. Filter size, 72 millimeter front element. And dimensions of 31 by 39 inches or 78.7 by 99 millimeters. And a weight of 17.2 ounces or 488 grams. Now, this is a good lens. Don't get me wrong. But I'm confused as to why Sony would come out with this particular lens. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you ask me. Now, I have not tried this lens, so I don't want you to think I'm bashing it. I've watched DP Review TV's review of this lens, as well as several other reputable photography and videography YouTubers reviewing this lens. It is an outstanding lens with excellent design and build quality, and image quality is superb from the center all the way out to the corners. Now, my problem is, why would you make a 20 to 70 millimeter F4? It's totally baffling. And what I mean by that is, the, okay, so the lens does not have built-in image stabilization. You can use the active stabilization mode in your Sony camera. However, when you do that, it crops in. So this lens would go from 20 to 70 to 24 to 70. So you're losing the extra four millimeters that they tout they're giving you by doing a 20 to 70 millimeter lens. That wipes out that extra wide advantage. Those extra four millimeters are gone if you have to use the active stabilization mode in the camera because the lens itself does not have stabilization, which is completely baffling to me. And the reason why I say that is because one of the most popular all-around lenses put out by any camera company are generally your 24 to 105 millimeter F4s. And the nice thing about those are, granted, they're not 20 millimeters wide, they're 24. However, when you use the Sony lens with the active image stabilization in the camera, it's turning it into a 24 to 70 F4. So you're not gaining anything there. 
The advantage with the 24 to 105 F4s is they all have image stabilization built into the lens. So you can use the lenses image stabilization and you're not cropping in. So you're not losing any of that focal length on the wide end. And then additionally, with them being 24 to 105, you're gaining an extra 35 millimeters on the long end. And those lenses are all fairly compact and lightweight as well. So it kind of baffles me that Sony would opt to come out with this particular lens formula, especially at its price point of $1,099. So you're talking $1,100 for this lens when for the same money, you could get a 24 to 105 F4 with built-in lens stabilization. That, to me, would make a heck of a lot more sense. The Canon RF and EF 24-105 F4L IS USM lenses are both around $1,100. The, the EF mount one might have come down some since the RF version came out. But when Canon rolled out their RF version, they sold it at the exact same price point as the EF version. So it just made sense to buy that when I was still shooting Canon. Now, granted, I don't shoot Sony. But I'm still baffled by this choice of lens. It just makes absolutely no sense to me at all. And anybody that's a starting out photographer that is looking for a versatile lens is going to be confounded by exactly this point. Why would you buy an F4 when you can go to other manufacturers and you can get a 24 to 70 for either the same price or a lot cheaper. So for example, now in my show notes, I listed the Sigma 24-70 f2.8 Contemporary, and that lens goes for about $800. Now, if you wanted to spend a little bit more, you could get the Sigma 24-70 2.8 DGDN Art lens for the Sony E-mount, and that's the same price as this Sony 20-70 of $1,099. Now, to me, it would just make much more sense, and I'm assuming for most people, it's going to make more sense to buy the f2.8 lens because you're going to get uh, the 2.8 aperture throughout, and you're getting a high-quality lens for the same amount of money. Now, granted, the Sigma does not have image stabilization built in either. That's on the art model, and I don't believe that the contemporary model has it either. So you would still not have the image stabilization built in. So you'd have that to, that's something you're going to have to think about exactly. Actually, so I went back and pulled up the details on B&H, and the 28-70 F2.8 DGDN contemporary lens for the Sony E-mount is $719. So you're saving $300, and granted, you're getting a 28 instead of a 20 to 70, but you're still getting f2.8. So you're getting a much wider maximum aperture, which is going to be advantageous when you're shooting in low-light conditions. So why in the world would you opt to buy this odd Sony lens at 20 to 70 millimeters? It just does not make any sense. None whatsoever.
And that's one of the reasons why this announcement totally baffled me. Uh, it's just, it's so confusing. So to give you an example, if we look at the Sigma 28 to 70 millimeter F2.8 DGDN contemporary lens, Focal length, 28 to 70 millimeters. Maximum aperture, f2.8. Minimum is f22. The lens mount is Sony E-mount. Lens format coverage is full frame. Angle of view is 75.4 degrees to 34.3 degrees, with a minimum focusing distance of 7.9 inches or 19 centimeters, so the, the Sigma lens can focus closer. Maximum magnification is 4.6 times. Optical design is 16 elements in 12 groups. This lens also has uh, the diaphragm blades, nine in a rounded format with autofocus, no image stabilization, as I mentioned before, with a 67 millimeter front element. And the dimensions are 2.8 by 4 inches, which is 72.2 by 101.5 millimeters. So the lens uh, at its maximum extension length is 4.97 inches or 126.3 millimeters. And the weight is 16.6 ounces or 470 grams. So even though this particular lens doesn't go quite as wide as the Sony, when you have to use that active image stabilization software mode in your Sony camera, it's turning that Sony lens into a 24 to 70. So this 28 to 70 is definitely going to be in competition with this new Sony lens. And the 28 to 70 is $300 cheaper with the maximum aperture of f2.8 throughout. So why, as a new starting out photographer, would you spend your money on an f4 lens when you can get an f2.8 in the same focal range for less money? I mean, it just makes no sense whatsoever. Now, let me talk about the second lens um, that competes with this one from Sony, and that's the Tamron 28 to 75 f2.8 DI3 VXD G2 lens for the Sony E-mount. Now, this lens is $899, so still uh, not quite a couple hundred dollars. It's about a hundred and some dollars cheaper than the Sony lens is. And for this camera lens, you have a focal length, of course, of 28 to 75, maximum aperture of f2.8, minimum aperture of f22, lens mount is Sony E-mount again, lens format coverage is full frame, angle of view is 75 degrees, uh, 2, 3 feet to 32 degrees at 11 feet, minimum focus distance is 7.1 inches or 18 centimeters, so again, this one can focus closer than the Sony can. Then you have a maximum magnification of 0.37 times, which is better than the Sony. The optical design is 17 elements in 15 groups with nine diaphragm blades for a round bokeh. The focus type is autofocus. Image stabilization, no. Front filter size is 67 millimeters. Again, a little bit smaller. And the dimensions are three inches by 4.6 inches or 75.8 by 117.6 millimeters. And the weight is 1.2 pounds or 540 grams. So the Tamron lens is a little bit heavier than either the Sigma Contemporary or the Sony FE 20 to 70 millimeter. Both of those lenses are just a little bit lighter, so they'd be a little bit less taxing on your body to carry around all day for a day of shooting, especially if you're out doing video or something like that, where you're doing a lot of run and gun.
All right, I'm going to take a break right here and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So as I was saying a little bit ago, for the same amount of money, you could go with the Sigma 24 to 70 F2.8 DGDN art lens for the same amount of money that Sony wants for their 20 to 70 f4 and again this one's 24 to 70 however a it's 2.8 where the sony is an f4 and b when you use the active image stabilization in your sony camera as i mentioned a couple of times before it crops in so that turns that sony lens into a 24 to 70 f4 so why would you buy a 24 to 70 f4 for $1,099 when you can get a 24 to 70 f2.8 art lens from Sigma for the same amount of money. Now, if you know anything about Sigma lenses, and I've talked about this before on the show, the Sigma Sigma has two main, uh, well, actually three lines of lenses. They have their sports lenses, they have their contemporary lenses, and they have their art lenses. Now, if you're looking at comparing the Sigma lenses to Canon, let's say, back in the EF days, you had the silver band lens, which were the low-cost, economical, mostly plastic lenses. You had their gold band USM lenses, which were a bit higher quality and a little bit more expensive. And then you had their L lenses, which were their luxury lenses, their top-of-the-line models. So Sigma has a similar setup. They have the sport mode lens, they have the contemporary lens, and then they have the art lens. So this art lens is Sigma's top-of-the-line lens. And it's an f2.8 for the same amount of money as that Sony f4. So with this one, you're getting a focal length of 24 to 70 millimeters, a maximum aperture of f2.8, minimum aperture of f22. The lens mount, of course, again, is Sony E-mount. Lens format coverage is full frame. Now, on this lens, the angle of view is 84.1 degrees to 34.3 degrees, but the minimum focusing distance is 7.09 inches or 18 centimeters, so it has a better close focusing distance than the Sony. Has a maximum magnification of 0.34 times, again, better than the Sony. Optical design is 19 elements in 15 groups, again, more than Sony. The diaphragm blades are 11, versus Sony's nine, you're still getting a rounded bokeh. The focus type is autofocus. And again, this lens does not have image stabilization either. Now the front filter size on this lens from Sigma is 82 millimeters and the dimensions are 3.46 by 4.84 inches or 87.8 by 122.9 millimeters. The length of maximum extension is 6.2 inches or 1.5 or 157.5 millimeters and a weight of 1.84 pounds or 835 grams. So now this lens does weigh twice as much 
as the Sig- the Sony lens. But again, it weighs twice as much because you're getting an F2.8. So why in the world would you spend your money on an F4 lens when for the same amount of cash, you can get an F2.8 art lens? I mean, it just... To me, it makes no sense at all. And I'm not trying to just bash Sony for this choice. I'm just baffled by it myself. It makes no logical sense to do this lens at this time. Uh, Granted, it's small, it's lightweight, it's compact, it has excellent autofocus. I'm not arguing any of that. It gives excellent edge-to-edge sharpness in your images. I'm not arguing that. But why, as a new photographer starting out, Again, would you spend the the eleven hundred dollars on a twenty four to seventy f four when you could get a twenty four to seventy f two point eight for the exact same amount of money? Now, granted, again, you're not getting a Sony branded lens; you're getting a third party lens instead of a first party lens. But still, that's a significant difference in performance in compared in comparison to cost. So you got the exact same price tag, but you're going to get better low light performance from that Sigma art lens than you'll ever get from the Sony. Because of the fact that the Sony is an F4 versus F2.8. I mean, that's logical, right? Doesn't that make sense? So to me, why if I was a Sony shooter, why would I opt to go with this FE 20 to 70 millimeter F4 when I can get a Sigma art lens for the exact same amount of money and have F2.8. You're talking two stops wider aperture throughout the entire zoom range of this Sigma art lens. So you're going to be much better off using that Sigma lens. There's, I mean, there's no two ways about it. You're going to get better low light performance. Neither lens has image stabilization built in, so that doesn't really matter. Um, but what matters is the fact that for the same amount of money, you can get the Sigma 24 to 70 2.8 and have an art lens, a high quality lens that's uh, the art lenses, if I remember correctly, are weather sealed and all that good stuff or weather resistant and all that good stuff there. So again, you don't have to worry about that if you're shooting in inclement weather weather and you know in my opinion you're just getting a much better lens now i did look at some of the customer reviews on bnh photo and a lot of them had the older version of this sigma art lens but they upgraded to this new one because the older one had some focusing issues and focus breathing issues and stuff like that where every one of those customers that bought this new art version from sigma said that all of those focus and focus breathing issues are resolved in this new version of their 24 to 70 2.8 art lens. So this lens, uh, that Sigma lens is a great lens, just like the Sony is. Again, I'm not bashing Sony. They made an inexpensive, lightweight lens that's, you know, F4 throughout. I just think it was the wrong choice as far as the focal lengths. They should have just done it as a 24 to 105 F4 with image stabilization and called it a day. It would have made a lot more sense and it would have been a lot more practical for a lot of you photographers that are just starting out, you know, when you're looking at the aspect of cost. To me, it would just make a lot more sense to do that 
and give the customers a little bit more on the long end. That's one of the reasons why the 24 to 105 F4 is so popular from each of the camera manufacturers that make that particular focal length and formula lens. Because of the fact that it's extremely versatile, you can go from wide at 24 millimeters all the way out to 105 millimeters. So you've got all of your, most all of your major portrait focal lengths included in that one lens. You've got 50 millimeters, you've got 85 millimeters, you got 105 millimeters. Now, um, I personally like 135 millimeters for the second uh, portrait focal length, um, which is something Canon has always done. And it's a fantastic lens. I haven't tried the RF 1.8 version that they recently released because I don't shoot Canon anymore. I'm shooting Fujifilm, as I've mentioned many times before on the show. But the reason why the 24 to 105 F4 is so popular is because it's so versatile and it's got that longer reach on the telephoto end. So it makes a great stills photography lens. It makes a great run and gun videography lens, especially because the 24 to 105s all have image stabilization built into the lens itself. And then if you're using that lens with one of the Canon RF bodies, the newer ones, the R5, the R6, the R62, the R3, so on and so forth, those bodies also all have image stabilization on the sensor side. So you're getting double stabilization. You're getting more stops of stabilization up to eight or eight and a half with Canon. Um, so you're going to get much better performance at slower shutter speeds and different ISOs than you would normally use, but you're still going to get great results because of all the image stabilization between the lens and the body that is natively built in there. So that is why the 24-70 to F4 is such a popular run-and-gun videography lens. It just is. Now, the other one that's also popular for videography is a like a 28 to 70 or 24 to 70 F4, which most of the camera companies make that as well. They do have an F2.8, but they also offer an F4 version of that lens. And the F4, again, is excellent for run and gun photography or videography, I should say. So to me, this the lens just doesn't make a lot of sense. I applaud Sony for offering their customers a good quality lens at a in a compact and small, small, compact, lightweight design. But I think they went way too high on the price. It's not an affordable lens from the price aspect, not when you can get the contemporary from Sigma for $718. You can get the art one from Sigma for the exact same price. And the Tamron is like $899. So no matter which one of those three third-party lenses you're getting, you're getting basically the same focal length. You're getting a better aperture, two stops, better low light performance, and you're saving money or paying the exact same amount in the case of the Sigma art lens, same price as this Sony lens, but you're still getting two stops better low light performance. So that's just my opinion on this. It just baffled me when Sony came out with the lens. That's why the title is new Sony FE 20 to 70 F4. What the heck? <laughs> because that's what I was thinking when I heard this. I'm like, why would you opt to go with such an odd lens and then make it expensive. Now, if this lens had come out on the market 
at $700, I would say snap it up all day long because it's a first party lens. And F4 is okay if you're only paying like $700. I can't see spending $1,100 for this F4 lens when you don't get image stabilization. So hear me out on that. I know you're probably sitting there listening to this show saying, hey, Liam, you knucklehead, the 24 to 105 is $1,100. Yes, but you're getting an extra 35 millimeters of reach on the telephoto end, and you're getting built-in image stabilization in the lens itself, which is something the Sony does not have. At F4 aperture and with no image stabilization built into this lens at all, there is no way this lens should be selling for $1,100. $700, I could see. Now, Stephen Eckert from uh, the Fronos Photo Photography Podcast, Raw Talk, he said that he could see it being seven to eight hundred dollars, but eleven was definitely too high. I personally think eight hundred would be too high for this lens. I think seven six ninety nine would be the sweet spot in price for this lens and give you the most bang for your buck, as it were. But if I was a Sony shooter right now. I would hard pass on this lens. I would go to Sigma or Tamron and get one of their F2.8 lenses and have an extra two, three, four hundred dollars in my pocket afterwards. To me, that just makes a lot more sense. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's it for episode 310 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It doesn't cost you anything. Just hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcatcher and have this show readily available to you when you want to listen to podcasts as you're working, as you're commuting, doing your house cleaning, whatever. You can have this show saved in your library so that you can listen to every new episode that comes out. And I now have a back catalog of 309 previous episodes that you can also check out. Now, remember, I have my own discount code now for all Platypod branded products, thanks to Dr. Larry Tiefenbrunn and Skip Cohen from Platypod. So if you go to platypod.com, Use my code LD20 and you can save 20% off all individual Platypod branded products, excluding the bundles, which are already discounted at 20% or more. And it also does not apply to the square jellyfish or limb cube branded items because Larry does not set the price for those. You know, he has to charge whatever those manufacturers tell him to charge. But the discount code will work on all individual Platypod products. So you can just buy all of the products, you know, several of them at a time, get 20% off on all of them. You can buy, let's say, your Platypod 
on uh, extreme one week and get 20% off. And then the next week you can go back and get the Platyball Ergo and still get 20% off. This code does not expire. Also, please remember to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new episodes drop. I will have another new episode this coming Sunday. And I also want to thank my listeners because many of them do subscribe to the YouTube channel. I want to thank you all for getting me to 6,000 subs. I know it's not a lot, but we are growing slowly and I do appreciate that. So if you could share out the channel to your friends and family and ask them to subscribe and watch the videos, leave comments, feel free. And don't forget, you can also join the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. All right, that's it for this one. I will see you all again on Sunday.